are grooving. I'm going to let this play in the background a little bit. We're grooving to the sweet sound of Pax featuring my girl, Katie Bollinger, who I love. The song is called I'm Not Around. I'm feeling good after a Hawkeyes victory, ladies and gentlemen. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling jazzy. I'm feeling smooth. Final score for the Hawkeyes, 49-7. to Is that correct? Did I get that correct off the top of my dome here? I got to look it up. Should have looked it up before the goddamn. I was not. So if you're wondering what's happening right now, this is a bit of a delayed reaction. Yes, it was 49 to 7. Normally, I do an instant reaction podcast right after the game. You can check out on Twitter right after the game at Hawking. Hawking or Hawking podcast. Do I, do I look up anything before the goddamn show? Get it together. All right. My Twitter, which is at Hawken Podcast, H-A-W-K-I-N Podcast. Sorry, it's a new Twitter. I don't know it by heart yet. If you follow me there, you can get an instant reaction after most games. In this case, uh, I was working. It's Christmas season. I work at a big box store. I work at many big box stores as a vendor. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it w- <laughs> the truck was arriving at 1030 on Saturday, and the kickoff was at 11. So, uh, unfortunately, I had to uh, I had to listen to the game on the radio, but it was a fun listen. It was a great uh, it was a great time. I mean, by the time I turned the game on, it was already seven to nothing. So we take a look at the scoring plays here. Hawkeyes absolutely. I mean, in the first half, fourteen points in the first quarter, twenty one in the second. I mean, the by the time that the, by the time you got to halftime, I mean, this game was was essentially over. Um, I mean, it was, was over. So Tyler Goodson took it in from three yards to put Iowa up seven. Then Brandon Smith on a very good pass. I did watch the highlights. A very good pass. A good lo- uh, ball location. Throw it up there. Let the big guy catch it to put up the Hawkeyes 14 to nothing. Then Tyler Goodson, another nine-yard touchdown or another uh, touchdown run this this time from nine yards out, 21 nothing. Then you had the special teams and defense get in on the mix. You had Charlie Jones with a 54-yard punt return for a touchdown and then Riley Moss with an identical 54-yard interception return. At that point, the, the wheels are off. If you're Michigan State, you're, there's no way in hell you're winning this game. You're coming off a week where you beat Michigan in a game where everyone said there's no way in hell Michigan State is beating Michigan. They do. This is just the absolute weirdest season. I think if there's one thing we can all agree on, this is the absolute weirdest season the Big Ten has ever seen. Probably. We've never had games get canceled before, have we? I mean, maybe in World War II. Maybe, uh, you know, I I mean, I, I don't know any other year that has been this bizarre. And the games have been very, very fun and very entertaining. Tyler Hunt scored the sole touchdown for Michigan State from one yard out. Makai Sargent ran it in twice in the second half. Uh, We'll take a look at Rocky Lombardi. Very, very rough day. 17 of 37 
227 yards with three interceptions and no touchdowns. They didn't run the ball all that well. They didn't run the ball well at all. 32 attempts for 59 yards. Obviously, you know, to, uh, take 21 away from that uh, that total. Or, you know, that, that total looks a little bit worse than it actually is because Rocky Lombardi was sacked a handful of times for minus 21 yards. Um, not a good day on the ground. Iowa defense played, uh, I mean, just about pitched a shutout. Scored seven points of their own. I mean, essentially, you could argue that is a, sh- a shutout. When your defense scores seven points and only gives up seven points, that's a net of zero points. Hell of a day by the defense. Guys were stepping up all over the place. The only, the, 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 really the only thing Michigan State had all day was Naylor. What is his name? James Naylor? Jalen Naylor. Jalen Naylor. He had four catches for 119 yards with a long of 57. Couple couple good catches there for Naylor. But really not a whole lot for Michigan State. You look at um, Iowa, statistically, Spencer Petras, 15 of 27, 167 yards. One touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Padilla, Padilla came in at the end. He went one of two for 12 yards. This is more, uh, and I talked last week after the game, as did everybody else. You know, it's, it's been beaten into the ground. Your, your young quarterback starting his second game should not be throwing 50 passes. I, I was looking for more of a game like this. More of a game where, yeah, you're going to take a few shots. You're going to try to stretch the field. You're not going to be one-dimensional, but you're really only going to throw it about, you know, 20 to 35 times at the most. And that's what they did, and they won. Now, it helps when your defense and special teams spot you 14 points. It helps when you're getting tur- when they're turning the ball over in, in minus territory for them and you're getting the ball in good situations. You get up early. You can run the ball. You know, all of these things lend to a quarterback not having to throw the ball 50 times. But I thought it was it was a it was a serviceable day for Petrus. He picks up his first win, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a big game for his confidence moving forward. That he can you know look back on and say, hey, it's it's not always uh, you know, it's not always going to be terrible. After those first two weeks, I mean, I know it from doing stand-up comedy. If you have, you know, when you first start stand-up comedy or you're doing your first couple shows and you bomb two shows in a row, you just need one to go okay. That's it. If you have one that goes okay, you get a few laughs, you kind of hold your own, you're not as nervous, the crowd likes you a little bit, and you have a decent set, you just need one of those to kind of put your mind at ease to to go, okay, well, it's not going to be horrible every time. Tyler Goodson... 14 carries, 113 yards, 8.1 yard average, two touchdowns. I don't know what you got to, I mean, just give the man the ball. Give the man the ball way more often. Forget 14 times, give it to him 21 times. Give it to him 28 times. I know you you have a lot of, I know you have Makai Sargent. I know you have, you know, Ivory Kelly Martin. Gavin Williams, the freshman from Altoona, got a few carries. I, I say... Give you know, give Tyler Goodson the ball. Let's see how many he he had no receptions, so you know he touched the ball fourteen times. I think he needs to touch the ball at least twenty times. When you look at this offense, we don't know what's going to happen with Amir Smith Marset. Brandon Smith is not a really a, a high volume 
receiver. He's a guy that, you know, you can go to in the red zone. He'll make a few catches for you in key situations on third down, or he'll make a few sideline catches. But he's not a guy who's going to get, you know, seven to eight or receptions a game. He's probably going to end up with four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Or in this game, what do you end up with? Three for 35 and a touchdown. Yeah, essentially. So where's your offense coming from? Who's your best player? Tyler Goodson. Get him the ball more. Now, in this game, they didn't have to. They were up by a lot. But in the future, I mean, when you're looking at some of these games coming coming down the pike on the schedule here, that's that's a guy where I say just keep keep feeding him. He's making big plays, 71-yard run. He's got a lot of burst. He's he's one of probably the best running back that Iowa's had in a few years now. You can go back to Akramodley and Akramodley was a was a shifty guy. I'm not sure that he was he had as much power as Tyler Goodson. Tyler Goodson will just run your ass over. But I mean it's been a while since Iowa's had a guy with this much burst. I understand he's young. I understand you don't want to, you know, burn his legs out. I mean, he's got a couple more years with Iowa, hopefully. But get the man the ball. Another guy who needs to get the ball. How about from Deerfield, Illinois, the transfer from Buffalo, Charlie Jones, the junior. My man had a punt return for a touchdown that we talked about earlier. He also had two carries for 38 yards along of 27. Get him involved in the passing game. I, I believe he's yet to have a, a catch this season. I don't believe he's caught a pass this season. Get him a screen, little bubble screen. Give him uh, something. Put the ball in his hands a couple more times. He's he's one of the few guys on this offense that, or one of the few guys on this team that has consistently brought a, a, a spark. And I say, you know, in my mind, he's earned more He's earned more uh, touches. The transfer from Baltimore, who should have a scholarship. Tyrone Tracy, four catches, 38 yards. Sean Byer gets into the action, a couple catches for uh, 34 yards. Nico Regani, three for 32. I- Ivory Kelly Martin, one for 17. Sam Laporta, just two for 11. And then a man named Alec Critta. A freshman from St. Charles, Illinois, uh, a wide receiver. I used to have a girlfriend from uh, an ex-girl. I have an ex-girlfriend who uh, lived in St. Charles, Illinois. I bet uh, she tried to fuck this guy at one point because let me tell you, she she was a whore. All right, so let's um, let's get into the special teams defense here. Chauncey Golston, a sack and a half. Van Valkenburg had a half sack. Bunch of tackles for loss in this game. Bunch of interceptions in this game. I mean, Riley Moss, Wade had one. Kerner had one. And how about your punter? Your punter, Troy Taylor. Just another remarkable game. uh, 45.9 yard average, long of 61. This is a this is a team that I think is better than what they what they showed the first two weeks. I said at the end of uh, last week, this is kind of Kirk's last stand. If he loses against Michigan State, you're looking at probably the last season that Kirk is going to coach. 
And he came out and, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're Kirk Ferentz, you put yourself in his position. You go, listen, I've been doing this for fucking how long? 22 years. 22 years I've been doing this shit. And this is how I'm going to go out. No, this is not my last season. This is not how my, or, it, or if it is, this is not how my last season is going to go. If I'm going to go out, we're going to go out playing team football. We're going to have special teams making plays. Defense is going to make plays. Complimentary football. We're going to run the ball. We're going to, you know, play the field position game. And we're going to, you know, we're going to show toughness. So, and I, and I think they did that. Whatever Kirk said in the locker room or said during the week in practice, got these guys fired up and they beat the living tar out of Michigan State. And that's the difference between Kirk Ferentz and Mel Tucker at this point. That's the difference between a guy who's been doing it for a long, long time, who's been in these positions before, who has probably a better team than he had in those other times, those other losing seasons that Kirk Ferentz has had. And this might be another losing season this year. But I think this team is not that bad compared to some of those other teams that were pretty rough in the past when we look back at the records over the years. This is not a, this is not a terrible team. They're not good, but they're not terrible. There's a, they have a lot of potential. I think it's one of the weaker, weaker offensive lines that they've had. I think they have some spark at receiver. They have some spark at running back. I think the quarterback is coming along defensively. These guys have shown the ability to really ratchet up the pressure, to really ratchet up the the play. And, I mean, you look at how many points they've allowed this season. It's not that many. Special teams is playing outstanding. Great year for special teams. The punting game is is just out of this world. Punt returns. There's been a lot of big plays that set Iowa up in plus territory. We had a touchdown this week. I mean, just uh, there, there's, there's a lot of positives to glean off of this. Do I think Kirk Ferentz deserves to lose his job after this season? I mean, we'll see. But after a game like this, this kind of goes, yeah, this kind of this kind of game makes me go, oh, yeah, that's why, that's why Kirk Ferentz has been here for 22 years. It's games like this where he just goes, no, 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 no. We're not going to go down, you know. We're not, we're not going to come out flat after we're 0-2. We're going we're gonna to light a fire into these guys and get them going, and I think uh, that's what they did. Other games, other games last weekend, Indiana beating Michigan. I think Michigan's pretty much done. Uh, I think the, the Harbaugh era at Michigan is pretty much done. Michael Penix is, is really, I mean, I don't know what awards they have, uh, you know, but he, he's basically setting himself up to be the runner-up to Justin Fields in just about every Big Ten category. Uh, passing category. He was 30 for 50, 342 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Excuse me. Scott the third had 24 carries for 97 yards and two scores. And this was a this was a complete team win. I mean they they just they they Michigan came in there and got 17 first downs to Indiana's 28. This is not a fluke. This was not Penn State. This is not Indiana beating Penn State. This is Indiana pretty manhandling Michigan quite a bit here. Michigan was 3 of 11 on third down. They had 357 total yards to to Indiana's 460. 
two interceptions for uh, Michigan. Time of possession, Indiana, 38 minutes to Michigan's 21. 39 minutes, actually, if you round up. Really, really impressive by Indiana. That's all That's all I'm going to say about this game. Indiana, really, really impressive. I talk shit about them, mostly because I hate the state of Indiana. The state of Indiana is just full of garbage. Full of garbage. The people are weird and gross and full of, you know, they're like, it's very like methy vibes. You ever meet someone from Indiana? It's very like homely, methy vibes. You drive on their highways, there's nothing but just fucking trash. It's like, have some state pride, you know? Go out there, pick up. Get your fucking criminals and tell them to go pick up the trash on the highway. Okay? It's the only state where I'm like, why is there so much garbage? Why is there so much garbage in this whole state? You know? And what do you really have there to do? Go to Indianapolis, watch a fucking Colts game, watch the Final Four. Not a big fan of the state. So I was just talking shit in the beginning of the season. I really had no idea, if we're being honest. I had absolutely no idea what kind of fucking season Indiana was going to have. And they have blown the doors off uh, of my expectations and of uh, many people's expectations as I believe they find themselves now ranked as the number 10 team in the country. Top 10 for Indiana. Who would have thunk it? It's a weird year in the Big Ten. Northwestern 21, Nebraska 13. Northwestern has won is uh, two consecutive Big Ten games, scoring just twenty one points, and it's a it's a credit to their coaching staff. It's a credit to just basically copying what Iowa does or has done, which is just we're just gonna we're just gonna run the shit out of the ball. They had thirty eight rushing attempts for one hundred and forty eight yards. They had 169 yards passing. Again, this is another week where they just did, have not thrown the ball all that well. I think they had 130 yards passing last week against Iowa. Like, offensively, they had 14 first downs in this game. They had 14 first downs to Nebraska's 28 first downs, and they lost, and they won the game 21-13. to 13. Two turnovers for both teams. I mean, th- this is the Iowa recipe where it's like, we're not going to beat ourselves. We're not going to, you know, we're going to play the field position game. We're going to capitalize when we get opportunities. And we're going we're gonna to hope that we can score enough points to win. Peyton Ramsey, 16 of 27, 169 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Anderson at 89 yards on the ground as uh, Isaiah Bowser is still on the bench. You had uh, Riley Lees, the guy I talked about last week, made a play, touchdown. He had three catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. You had uh, Rain. Who the hell is this? John Rain. I mean, you could say who the hell is this about a lot of people on this team. John Rain, four catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, this is a team that's just going to grind you out. They're going to make the plays when they need to make them. They find themselves, I believe, ranked for the first time of this season. They are ranked 23rd in the country. Well-deserved for Northwestern as they take on Purdue next week. We're going to do all the, uh, the, 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 the sort of game predictions and stuff. We're going to do that on the Thursday episode. This is just kind of me jumping in, recapping the weekend. Uh, we're going to jump into all that stuff on Thursday because I, I, I don't feel comfortable predicting any games at the moment because who the fuck knows what's going to happen. 
whether Wisconsin's going to play, whether, you know, a quarterback gets COVID. I mean, it's just a crazy season. Maryland beating Penn State. Again, I mean, there's three games in a row where you go, what the hell is going on here? So, Tua, it's not Tua, it's uh, Tolua, Kalua, Tolua, how the fuck you pronounce it? Tua's brother for Maryland, just an absolute dynamic playmaker. 18 of 26 for 282 yards, three touchdowns. And really, I mean, this game was almost never in doubt. I I was so I was sitting here. I was playing. I was uh, you know having a few adult beverages. I was playing a little NCAA football 2014 on my PlayStation Three, and I was scrolling through the games. I was like, oh, I'll listen to a game in the background while I do this. And I turn the uh, you know I, I start looking on the app at, at the different scores, and I saw the score of this game, and and I think at one point it was like. Yeah, yeah, I think at one point it was 35 to 7. I go 35 to 7. Penn State's killing them. I don't want to watch this game. I thought I saw 35 to 7 and my brain said, "Oh, Penn State just is doing Penn State things right now." But I had it wrong. I didn't realize until after the game. Oh no, Michigan or, or uh, Maryland was up 35 to 7, just dominating Penn State in this game. You look at the team stat, and again, it's a, I mean, Penn State had 30 first downs in this game, 30 to 16. They had 340 yards passing, but they had two intercept. They had three turnovers. And it just goes to show you, man, it just goes to show you. 35 to 19, and it really wasn't even that close when you have three turnovers to zero. In the Iowa game, it was three turnovers to zero. They beat, blew the fucking doors off 49-7. to seven. If you turn the ball over in the Big Ten, you are in trouble. Doesn't matter who you're playing. Most teams have enough good players. They got enough scrappy guys who, who will, you know, score if you put them in position. Minneapolis, why do I always say Minneapolis? Minnesota 41, Illinois 14. This Illinois team is bad, man. 30 first downs for Minnesota, 14 for Illinois, only 287 total yards for Illinois, only 106 total passing yards for Illinois. Minnesota with 541 yards. That is a good old-fashioned ass-whooping. That is a good old-fashioned ass-whooping in Champaign. 325 rushing yards for the Golden Gophers. I watched a little bit of this game. I saw Ibrahim with 30 carries, 224 yards, four touchdowns for Minnesota. I think Minnesota is a much better team than they have played this season. Defensively, they still have some problems. I think Illinois is, you know, I mean, you can hold Illinois to 100 yards passing. There's a lot of teams that, okay, there's a lot of teams in the fucking MAC that could hold Illinois to 100 yards passing. Maybe not. Okay, but what I'm saying is, you know, this is maybe not, this is a good week to build a little confidence with your defense. I'm not sure that this game proves anything if you're Minnesota. I think they will probably, I mean, let's take a look at Minnesota's schedule here. 
They have so they have Purdue this week. That could be. A, I mean, you, you you think about this game. Oh no, they have. Sorry, they have uh, Iowa this coming week. Is that right? Yeah, I should know that. Um, this is an Iowa Hawkeyes podcast. They have Iowa this coming week, so that'll be a good test for them. That'll be a good test for Iowa as well. I mean, we'll we'll get into this in a little bit, but I'll say just generally here. Minnesota's defense is struggling. Iowa's offense is struggling. So I think this is an opportunity for each of those sides of the ball to grow. You know, if if you're Iowa, maybe, okay, we can finally put it together a little bit against Minnesota. We can get Spencer Petras, throw a couple touchdown passes, gain a little confidence, run the ball, get Tyler Goodson involved. I think you really are going to have to run the ball in this game if you want to win because Minnesota, I think, will put up some points. So you got to be efficient. You got to you got to really, you know, win that that field position game. Minnesota's defense. You go okay. We got a struggling Iowa offense. We got a kind of a wounded duck coming in here off a off a, a, a big game. Maybe they're going to have a letdown. It's a big game coming up here. I think for both of these teams that are are you know kind of starting to or trying to to figure out their identity for the rest of the season. Then they play against Purdue, another good game. Then they play Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. So Minnesota, I mean, really, they've played three games. They're one and two. They have five more games. They have five more chances this year, and all of these games are good games. Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Nebraska, those are all opportunities to prove that you belong in the Big Ten, to really work on your defense. I mean, I would be... If I'm a Minnesota fan, I would be excited to learn that Minnesota has won any of these, you know, to in a win in any of these games, I would be excited because I think none of it, none of it is a given uh, when your defense is struggling like theirs has. But maybe they, you know, get it together. We'll, we'll have to see. The final game, unless I'm missing one here, the final game uh, last week was Ohio State Rutgers, forty nine twenty seven. Ohio State was up, I believe it was forty thirty five to seven at half, forty thirty five to three at half, something like that. It was it was not. It was it was thirty five to three at half, and then Rutgers outscored them twenty four to fourteen in the second half, and. I will I will say this, okay? I watched this game. I was rooting for Rutgers. I didn't really think Rutgers was going to win, but they pulled out all the stops. And if you didn't watch this game, if you have a chance to go back and watch the uh, the you know the the game in ninety minutes or the game in sixty minutes or whatever they do on the Big Ten Network, if you have a chance to go back and watch this game, it, it's it's interesting, okay? Watch the second half of this game. Greg Schiano has these boys playing. They're doing trick plays. They're doing fucking, I mean, they had throwback quarterback throwbacks. They had onside kicks. They had all, they were doing, they were pulling out all the stops for this game. And the guys were excited. The players were pumped. They moved the ball down the field and you could tell, I mean, you could tell these guys are making catches and they're getting smoked. You know, this quarterback can barely get rid of the ball before, uh, you know, Noah Vedral before he's, uh, you know, under pressure. But I thought overall, man, I mean, you look at the numbers. 
passing wise. Now they didn't average a whole lot of yards per completion, but you had three quarterbacks. Vedral, they brought in Arthur Sidkowski, who you get, who you might remember had four touchdowns and like eighteen interceptions last year. They bring in Sitkowski. He goes nine for thirteen for sixty-two yards. Noah Vedral, twenty-one for thirty-two, only one hundred and sixty-five yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and then Langan came in was three for three for two yards and a touchdown. So as a team, you're thirty-three for forty-eight, two hundred twenty-nine yards and a touchdown. That is not Rutgers' numbers of the past. That's that's Greg Schiano knowing. You know what? I know how to get the. I know how to have an efficient passing offense, or at least one that's not, you know, fifty percent completion, and we're throwing three picks, and we're just getting completely crushed. This is not Illinois, who can't, you know, who's throwing the ball for a hundred yards a game. This is a team that that you know, and it's it's surprising when you watch the film of that game, or you watch the how the how the defensive line for Ohio State is just fucking manhandling Rutgers. It's it's pretty impressive that the the completion percentage was this high. It's pretty impressive that there were no interceptions. It's pretty impressive that they were able to average four point four yards on the ground per carry, two touchdowns, on thirty two carries for one hundred forty one yards. Melton made some plays. Cruikshank made some plays. You got guys out there who can make plays. And defensively, in the second half, they played tough. Now, obviously, they're playing some second-string guys. But this is a team that I think I think Greg Shiano is putting them in a position where, they're at the very least, they're not going to beat themselves. Ohio State's going to beat them because, listen, I mean, they're just a, they just got fucking monsters out there. I mean, they're just they're they're just faster and stronger and better as a team. But what you're seeing now with Rutgers is they are not beating themselves. 22 first downs, 370 yards against Ohio State. That's not bad. It's not, you know, it's not enough to win most likely when you're when they're getting 517 yards, it's not enough to win. But that's not bad, man. 370 yards for a team that was Dog shit. I mean, you couldn't even describe with words how bad this team was last year. Like, just abysmal, horrible, disgusting football. Pitiful, pitiful, horrible football. Two turnovers for Rutgers to only one for Ohio State. But if Ohio State doesn't jump out to that big lead, I mean, they're still still probably going to win. They're going to win by quite a bit. But, I mean, this is a team with Rutgers. I mean, you saw it with Michigan State. You're, this team is going to creep up on some people this season. And I think this is this is some momentum. It's just a completely different vibe. I really encourage you, if you have a chance, to go and, you know, if you have the Big Ten app, to go and try to watch that game in, in 90 minutes or 60 minutes or however they do it. Watch that game. Watch the energy of the players. Watch the sideline. Watch how the players are, you know, watch the whole vibe of that game. Because at the end of the game, Ryan Day, I listened to him in the in the post game interviews. He was not happy. He was not happy with his guys. That was not a uh, uh, you know that that was more of a you know and you hate to put it into those terms a uh, a, a consolation prize sort of win, a moral victory. You hate to you know put it into those terms, but it really was for Rutgers. Rutgers is right in the middle of the Big Ten East as we take a look at the standings. 
Indiana right now uh, tied with Ohio State at 3 and 0 in the Big 10. Maryland at 2 and 1. Rutgers at 1 and 2, right behind them. Michigan State at 1 and 2, Michigan at 1 and 2, Penn State at 0 and 3. Who would have thought that in the beginning of the season? Penn State at 0 and 3. In the Big 10 West, your leader is Northwestern at 3 and 0. Purdue at 2 and 0. Wisconsin at 1 and 0 is kind of running out of time here. I'm not sure what's better, a 4-0 and record or a 6-2 and record. I think the 6-2 and record because the it's more wins, right? We're going by wins over winning percentage. I'm not really sure. I guess we'll find out at the end of the season if Wisconsin goes undefeated. Iowa at 1-2. and Right behind Wisconsin, Minnesota at one and two, Nebraska zero and two, Illinois zero and three. So that Iowa, Minnesota, I, I, I'm 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 not going to make my predictions, but I will give you a little preview of the games coming up this week. Iowa at Minnesota, Iowa is favored right now by three points. Interesting. Indiana at Michigan State. Interesting. Indiana at Michigan State. This could be a game where Michigan State, you know, I mean, they 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 beat a ranked team already this season. Maybe they get blown out by Iowa and then they fucking get a squeaker past Indiana. Who knows? Indiana, a 7.5 point favorite in that game. Uh, Illinois Rutgers. Big game for Rutgers. This is a, a must-win game for Rutgers. And I'm serious when I say that. This is a game where if you if you win, it doesn't it does not matter the score. Don't it don't even fucking you win this game nine to seven. Doesn't matter. You got you just gotta get a win. Another win. Keep building that momentum. Keep going in the right direction. Let's look at a you know a three and uh five record rather than a one and seven. You know, just just showing that progress to recruits is gonna and and people that are transferring in is really going to uh, help Rutgers as as the years go on here. Rutgers is a, pi- a five point favorite in this game. These are all eleven uh, a.m. kickoffs, except for Iowa and Minnesota, which is a six p.m. Friday kickoff. Interesting. Six p.m. Friday kickoff, which means that I will most likely not go to the open mic on Friday, which is probably a smart decision. I'm going to stay home and I'm going to watch the Iowa game with all of you. And then I'll do an instant reaction right after. Ohio State at Maryland. It'll be an interesting game, but I think it'll be similar to the Rutgers game. I think, uh, you know, Maryland's going to play hard, but Ohio State's ultimately probably going to win. Ohio State, 25.5 point favorite. Um, Sorry, I missed one here. Uh, Penn State at Nebraska. Penn State 0-3, Nebraska 0-2. Which team is going to get off the snide? Penn State is only a 3.5 point favorite. That's uh, that's doing them dirty in Vegas out there. Only three point five points. Wow. I mean, may, I mean, Nebraska played Northwestern tough. I could see North uh, Nebraska winning this game if Penn State goes to zero and four. I mean, uh, James Franklin, goodbye. Wisconsin, Michigan. Wisconsin's a two and a half point favorite. We'll see if this game gets played Saturday night, six thirty, same time as the uh, as the Hawkeye game. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? I is what I'm going to say about this game. Who the fuck knows? 
Who knows what kind of health uh, Wisconsin is in? Who knows if Graham Mertz is the real deal? Who knows if Michigan is going to, you know, completely just fall flat and, and uh, you know, Harbaugh is done? Or maybe this is the game that Harbaugh comes back and rallies like, the you know, the way that Kirk did uh, last week. Who knows with this game? Who knows if this game will even be played? Northwestern at Purdue is the final game, another 6.30 start on Big Ten Network. It is uh, Northwestern is a three-point favorite. Another really just outstanding game. Um, you know, really uh, uh, could go either way. Depends on who's playing for, for Purdue. Depends on, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Purdue... Let's see, what did they do last week? They they missed their game last week because they were supposed to play Wisconsin, so they've had a couple weeks of rest. Probably going to be a Purdue victory, I would say. Maybe a little upset action going on, beating number 23 Northwestern. But I'm going to do a little bit more research here. I'm going to come back with uh, some, some game previews. We're going to talk more on Thursday. I just felt like I'd pop in, give you guys a little bit longer of a podcast since I missed you right after the Iowa game. But that's it, folks. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Hawkin Podcast, H-A-W-K-I-N Podcast, or type in Hawkin Lugies uh, into your search bar, and uh, hopefully you'll find it. Hopefully I haven't been shadow banned by the good people on Twitter. Uh, But that's going to do it for me. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Go Hawkeyes. I hope nobody gets a DUI. I hope nobody's fucking dying of COVID. I hope Kirk Ferentz can can keep the boys motivated in what is certainly a very weird and uncomfortable season. Go Hawks. Goodbye.